good. And as everyone has already said, I'm going to just quote it. We want to welcome you here. We're glad that you're here for Resurrection Sunday. How many are glad you're in the house? And those that aren't quite sure yet if they're excited to be here, well, it's better than prison. I'll just start with that, all right? It's, it's a good place to be. We're thrilled and honored that you're here. And we're going to just celebrate this man, Jesus. I mean, if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. If you've not been in a church building before, welcome. Yeah. Man, we're so glad and thrilled that you're here. And we're not going to advocate the church. We want to advocate Jesus, the reason why we're all here. Because we are a church that loves Jesus. Uh, our vision and our purpose here is to impact generations for Jesus. So and if you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me. Go to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to launch off here. And for those of you that don't know what 1 John is, well, look at your neighbor. They'll help you find it. Or you can just peek on their Bible. That's fine. And we're going to get right into this. Man, isn't it awesome? Resurrection Sunday. This is my 30th one. I'm 30 years old, so this is my... <laughs> but I'm enjoying them. <laughs> but man, we serve a good God. And this morning, what we're, we're talking about is love has won. And we want to just share with you the gospel. We want to share with you who Jesus is, what he came to do, and the Father's love that he has for you. Now, you may have heard that God loves you. You may have heard that a thousand times. Well, today is going to be a thousand and one, and you're going to get it this morning. Because listen, when you understand that God loves you, it changes everything about your life. Anybody can testify to that? Like you said, you were, you were living one way. You came in contact with the love of God, and it changed you. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start in 1 John 4, is because nobody in this room, whether they've been Christians for a very, very long time, nobody just automatically started loving Jesus. It wasn't an automatic thing. We, had, we came into counter, we came in contact with the love of God first, and because experiencing and seeing His love for us, it caused us to respond saying, I love you back. So you can feel safe this morning if you're like, well, I'm, I don't really love God. That's, hey, that's okay. This morning is going to be an opportunity for God to show you His love towards you, and you by response will just have to go, man, I, I love Him back. It, it doesn't take a whole long list. You don't have to be good in person for 30 enough years. It's just simply you encounter the love of God. His love makes a tremendous mark on your life. And your response simply is, I love you. Wow. This is amazing. That's who our God is. This isn't religion. Religion sucks. Just for everybody to be clear on that. This is not a religion. Jesus hated religion. You can see it through the Bible. He tore a strip off the Pharisees and the religious rulers of that day. And what is he interested in? He wants a relationship with you. That's what he came for. So in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, it's also on the screen. It says it here, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Isn't that amazing? So what does this all entail? Everything that I just said backs this up by just this scripture. We love God. We love the Lord simply because he first loved us. So guess what? We can always say this. You started it. Yeah. Anybody ever get into an argument with your, your you know, brother, sister, your spouse? <laughs> you started it. Well, in this way, God literally, he started it. He started this whole thing. What did he start with? He started with love. Right? Not condemnation, not... Uh, he's not an angry God. He's a happy God, and He came, and He demonstrated love. And our response just simply is to go, Oh, I love you. So this morning, I want to welcome you to the love show. We're going to talk about that this morning. Welcome to the love show. Are you ready? For those of you not... You've been, I hope this is going to kill a lot of religious ideas that you may have had at church, because this is not a religious church by any means. We're real people who serve a really, really cool God. And that's what this is all about. So welcome to the love show. And I want to just read a few scriptures to you. First John chapter 3, if you're in 4, just flip back a verse. And uh, it says here, what is the first word that you see? 
there it is. See. See what? See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. Now I'm going to just read it to you from the Passion Version. It says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. So the first thing is that we want to do this morning is to see. Another, my translation it says, look with wonder. I want you, you may have heard some of these scriptures before. You may have heard this from somewhere else. But I want you to look this morning with wonder. I want you to see how very much your daddy, this God, this amazing father that we're talking about, loves you. Right? Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 in the Message Bible. If you go to the next verse, please. It says, mostly what God does is love you, keep company with him, and learn a life of love. And then that word right next, it says, observe. Also means to see, to recognize, to become acquainted with. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but what? Extravagant. Extravagant. Now what does extravagant mean? Anybody know? Over the top, overflowing, exceeding, and the, the the dictionary says, exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. <laughs> Anybody ever been hugged uh, extravagantly? Okay, that was that was a bit much. Just tone that down a little. Yeah. Did anybody experience that in this church? You sometimes get that once in a while. All right. It's a little bit extravagant. Well, our Father or Jesus didn't just come and you know I kind of also like to use this analogy. Anybody you know when you go on vacation, or when it finally gets warm out around here, you go to the pool, and uh, what do you do? do you, there's people that are toe dippers. Any toe dippers in the house? You check to see if the water is enjoyable before you take the plunge. Right? Is, sorry, show, show, can I see your hands? You're the people that we want to push in. <laughs> That's exactly who you are because us, I guess, extravagant foam, man, we're just cannonball and you just go in ready to rock and roll, right? Any of those people, any extravagant people who just run right through, yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so let's gain up on these, you know, cautious folk, all right? That's, no, that's fine if you're cautious, cool. <laughs> cautious, whatever. All right. But I love this. God it says Christ loved us. His love was not cautious. His love wasn't careful. It was extravagant. Yeah. Jesus didn't just tip his toe in the earth a little bit just to see if he liked it, going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like it down here. No, he went all in. He jumped into this earth with everything he's got, right? Extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And it says love like that. But this is how he came. He didn't love in order to get something from you. His character is love. That's who he is. The Bible could have said anything. God is power. God is strength. But instead it says God is love. So what is he coming trying to get from you? What is, what is our motive right now? Nothing. What's my motive in sharing the gospel? Is just to let God love you this morning. That, that's what he does best. Because that's who he is. You may not be lovely, but his love can change that. I remember hearing, and I'm uh, going to, I mean, I grew up in church, and so I've experienced a lot of what we call altar calls, is when we encourage and invite people to come to the front to get prayed for or respond to what the message was saying. And uh, there was an altar call for grumpy old men. No <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that. I've encountered that. If you're a grumpy old man, come on up here. We're, we're going we're gonna to get delivered from that this, this morning. So. so if you're not that lovely, or if your spouse, you're going to be hitting your husband, get happier well if you know what you just hear this he didn't love in order to get something from you you know god didn't love me to make me a pastor 
Joel, I love you, and I need you to get, I'm going to love you because I need you to do something for me in this earth. No, I don't, I didn't have to do this. I didn't have to. This was because I, responding to his love, every single one of us that have encountered the love of God, you've experienced it, and in response, you now live your life for him. Because his love is so extravagant. He didn't do it to get something from me, but to give everything of himself. It says love like that. Now, the next thing I want to just show, welcome to the love show. I want to show you a few things. And it all starts in Psalm 139. You can just write that down if you want to look at these verses later. But it's going to be here. And uh, you can follow along. I'm going to read it to you for time's sake, just in the Passion Version. It says this, You even formed me, every bone in my body, when you created me in the secret place. Now, what we're going to do this morning is you're going to observe and look with wonder at how much your Father loves you. <laughs> That's my daughter talking back to me. All right. Verse 15. You formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and how wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought. O oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I wake every morning, you're still with me. Now you may have heard those verses before, but just so you know, the Bible never exaggerates. When you read something like that, the, the, God is not exaggerating. When he says this, that every single moment that you're thinking of me, what is God? What's on his mind right now? Me. And it says, his thoughts about you outnumber the grains of sand that are on the seashore. Any, any beachgoers in the house? All right. A few of us. Some of us like the snow. Okay. The rest of you. Okay. You guys enjoy the beach. How many of you enjoy playing golf? How many enjoy spending time in the sand on the golf course? Now, the amount of time that I spend in the golf course in the sand pit... <laughs> If that was just the amount of that God had thoughts towards me, if that's what, I mean, just this the nice little cute little sandbox that I'm in constantly. If that was that many thoughts that God had towards me, I would be a very blessed man. But it says every sand kernel on the entire planet, he's got more thoughts about me than every sand piece that there could ever be. Man, think about that. What's on his mind? He's thinking about you. And he's not thinking about how dirty you are, how nasty you've been. He's thinking good thoughts towards you. Every one of them. Man, it's amazing. Right, and this is just for fun. Luke chapter 12 and verse, verse 7. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. I'm just sharing this piece of advice with you, just this little encouragement for you. But he doesn't just mean he knows how many are on top of your head at this moment. He says, when you pull one out, he knows that number. <laughs> now, why are we talking about this extravagant love? This is because it's too good to be true. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-blowing to see that this God who created you and I is excited about us. That his thoughts about you outnumber all the sand that's on the entire planet. That you could pull out one hair off your head and go, yeah, that's 1,342,000. He knows the number on it. Ha! <laughs> This is this God. Like, you just think about it. Why is that in the Bible? Just to show you how extravagant this love really is. Think about it. Then you wake up every morning, and what is it? Oh, good morning. He's still with you. No matter where you are, no matter how far you've run, He is always here. He's never going to leave you. 
Now, I, I'm, I'm going to just, this next little part here, I want you to go to Luke 15. <laughs> because the reason why, what God creates, He also takes care of. So if He created you, which He did, He cares about you. And in Luke chapter 15, you see, or sorry, Luke chapter 15, you see this for the first time that when God ran, God ran at something. And He ran towards you and I. And in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, and just going to tie this all in, talks about tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. So think about that. Who, who came towards Jesus? Peep, bad guys. <laughs> People that had really no, no issue or no time to be spending time with, with the good guy, Jesus. But they were drawn to him. There's something about him. But notice what made it all mad. And this may have turned you off from a lot of things. Religious folk says, look, this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. <laughs> you can see Jesus was so ticked off with these guys. And that may have turned you off. Your experiences with churches or you may have had an encounter with somebody who walked in religiously. This is not religion. Jesus isn't religious at all. What is he interested in? You! He wants a relationship with you. So to, to, Jesus goes on in verse 11. He says, to illustrate this point further, talking about how one person can leave one sheep, or sorry, the 99, and go after the one. So why would this, this guy leave everything he's got, just find the one? This is why, this is the, to illustrate this point further, Jesus told this story about two sons. Right? A man had two sons. Next verse, please. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Straight up. <laughs> so his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in what? He wasn't sowing. He wasn't, you know, given to a good cause. He spends it all in wild living. And it says, about that time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Now, this is tough for this guy. I mean, he had to persuade somebody to work for pigs. How desperate is that? Come on, let me just work with your pigs. I'll, I'll tickle them. I'll pet them goodnight. Like, just let, I'll rub their ears. I'll do whatever it takes. Just let me work with your pigs. Anybody ever been that low before? I, just, I can see you rubbing a piggy's belly. <laughs> says, the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, now I love this, and part of what this is, is he re realized, he remembered the love that his father had towards him. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So this guy's thinking the best that he could get is if I could just be a hired servant. Okay, I've, I've screwed it up before. I've made some horrible mistakes. I've done some nasty stuff in my life. I spent all that money in wild and loose living. So if I can just come back here and if I could just be a servant, if I could I just be a slave, then we're, we're going to be okay. So that, you, can, you can see that, all right? He's, he's got his I'm sorry speech ready to go. Right? And he's just hoping if I could just be a servant, it'll be okay. So he returned home to his father 
And while he was still a long way off, what happened? His father saw him coming. Now the father ran up to him and started beating him. You idiot. You wasted everything. Did he do that? No. What does it say? Father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran. Now this is the only time you're going to see in reference to God running towards something is towards mankind. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we, are, we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So what? The party began. Who initiated the party? The father did. What did he do? Get the fatted calf. We're having a barbecue. He's excited. Now remember, the son gave his whole I'm sorry speech. And I did this and I'm no longer worthy. What did the father even respond to that? He didn't even mention it. He didn't even acknowledge it. He just simply went on, my son's back. Get the robe on his finger. Then put a ring on. Or sorry, get the robe on his finger. Get the robe on his back. Get the ring on his finger. Put some sandals on his feet. He's home. Man, he got excited. He got so jacked about it because his son's back. Now, this is not a really idea that a lot of people have about God, is they kind of just see him kind of, you know, you screwed up. Okay, you come to me. Tell me all that you did, and we'll, uh, we'll talk it through. Man, this is, I want that to be absolutely just destroyed, that our God is like this. He's looking. <gasps> he sees his son or his daughter. Man, what is he going to do? He is going to run, and he's going to go right through it. Hey! <laughs> and they're going to have a huge, embrace each other, kiss one another, because this is who our God is. He's this, not... <laughs> Stupid definition. Yeah, your picture right on it there, buddy. That's not how he's thinking. I know I'm having fun with it a little bit, but some people have this concept that God is so angry. He's not an angry God. Say it with me. He's not an angry God. He's not mad at me. Understanding that will change everything. I live my life loved. I wake up every morning knowing that I'm loved. He's not looking at me, Joel, you did some stupid things yesterday. No, he loves me. And he wants to have a relationship with me. This is who he is. And this is the only time that we see God running towards something. I mean, any time that God moves, I mean, you look in the Old Testament, any time that God came down, when God met his people, he landed on a mountain. The mountain turned black. There was smoke. There was lightning. There was clouds. It was... So, man, when God starts running towards you, what did heaven do? Oh, God, God's running. Okay, whoa, what's, what's happening here? And who is he running towards? Me. He's running towards you. That's what he does. Why? Because he's madly in love with you. So what did he do? I'm just thinking about this robe. And when, just thinking about being in this son's shoes for a sec. This son, he came in contact with something. Where he's thinking he is going to get punished. He's going to get spanked. He's going to get whipped. He's going to be a slave eventually. What met him? Love met him on that road. And the cool thing about it is love met him outside of the house. 
You know where the best thing, I mean, I'm so grateful that you guys all came and those that are maybe visiting or church is not really your thing, you came in and I'm so glad that you're here. But look at this, the father met him outside of his house. Man, where does this message work? This gospel, this thing that we're talking about works better out there. It's for the world to hear that God's not mad at you. He loves you. Man, yeah, you may have screwed up. You may have done all those things, but God is ready to forgive. He's ready to restore and bring back and have a living relationship with you. Man, that's who it is. It's amazing. So love reached out and met him right there. And in Psalm chapter 18, verse 16, it says, He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. (laughs) Even though when I was wrong, we seemingly thought we wrecked our lives. We may have hit rock bottom. We were of no value to him. His love reached beyond my brokenness, reached beyond my mistakes, and able to lift me out out of that and put me on a high place. No matter what you may have experienced, no matter how bad you may have thought you are or how distant you may feel from God, His love is able to reach you. He's got long arms. It's not just... It's not just this. Man, he's got long arms. No matter how deep you may be, no matter how stuck you may think you are, his arms are able to reach you. And the next thing that happened, mercy drew us in. So it's not just, we'll keep you at a distance, all right? We'll have a new relationship this way. No, then mercy drew me in. And in Colossians chapter 1 and 19, I'm going to just read these verses to you. It says, God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Uh... This includes, is that right? Okay, this includes you who are once far away. No, that's not right, guys. I've got to go back. Sorry. We're missing a verse there. Colossians chapter 1. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Listen to that. He made peace. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Where are you? Are you on earth? All right, so what does that mean? He has made peace with you. There's no longer this distance, this anger between him and you. There's been settled. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies Separated from, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy, you are blameless, as you stand before him without a single fault. When you embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God looks at you as if you've never done a thing wrong. Oh, but my past, I did this. Forget about it. You embrace Jesus. What Jesus did at the cross is greater than any kind of sin you may ever committed. He's not angry with you. He loves you. So love reached out. What did mercy do? Mercy brought me in. It drew me close. I'm no longer distant from God. It brought me close. So you may be at this point where love is reaching out to you. Love is calling you. Love is tugging on your heart. Maybe some of you are even experiencing this right now going... Man, he's he's doing something in me. Love is trying to get your attention. Hey, I'm real. This is legit. Let's let's make this happen. The next thing is mercy wants to draw you in, but you've got to open up. You've got to respond to that love. 
It doesn't just mean, okay, love brought me in, now he's going to lift me up. No, no. You have to respond to that love. If you're in this part right here, you have to go, okay, Jesus, I want you. Have my life. And at that moment, mercy brings you in, makes you clean, makes you stand before God as if you've never done a thing wrong. Your eternal destination is completely set. It's all because of grace, because of what God has done for you. And on top of that, then grace now lifts you up. Man, this is good. Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to look at these verses. This kind of settles it. He said, once you were dead, talking about all of us. I used to be in this boat too. Once I was dead because of my disobedience and my many sins. I used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And this isn't about you and how good of a person you are. Nothing to do with that. This is all heart. Right? But it says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. Say with me. He gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ. And notice this. He has seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So what happens? Okay, love reaches out. You respond to that and saying, okay, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I want you to be my God. I'm your child. I'm, I'm in. I want you. What happens now? God's part, he brings you in. What does he do? He cleans you up from the inside, and eventually it'll work your way out as you change the way you think. But you receive that. He draws you in. Now he looks at you and says, I see nothing but purity in you. You are whole. You are faultless. You are above reproach in my eyes. And then what else does he do? Then he lifts you up. Now, okay, what do I do with my life? You now are part of what God is doing in this earth. You're in. You have a say. You have a a role. There is a call on your life that God needs you to fulfill because there's nobody else on this earth like you. So he says, I'm going, to call, I'm going to bring you in close. And as soon as man, you get all clean, the Spirit of God in you is going to take all that garbage away, put in you a new man, a new woman. You're brand new in me. And the result is I'm going to now lift you up. And from there, I'm going to show you how to live life. I'm going to show you how to be the husband, how to be the wife, how to be the parent, how to be the son, the daughter. He makes that happen. He's going to teach you. See, that's what it all is, is relationship. Religion would say, get yourself together, get clean, be a better husband, be a better spouse, be a better daddy, be a better mom, and then you can come on in, and then we'll try to work this thing out. No! Man, God works from the inside out. Right? And the result of that, man, you just have to receive it. So now he lifts you up, and now you're with him, and he wants you to be part of what he's doing. And what's he doing? He is building people. He's building his church, trying to reach people with this gospel. So you become involved in now what we are doing in preaching this good news that God isn't mad at people anymore. He's not angry. He loves you. Come back to God. Come back to him. Right? Now, so this God who watched you being formed in the womb, this God who planned out your days before you even took a breath, this God who has made who has me on his mind all the time, 
who knows the number of hairs on my head, who came running after me, is the same God in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. It says, He has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. And since God freely offered Him up as a sacrifice for us all, He certainly won't withhold anything from us because He has given us Jesus. What had God given you? The gift to the world from God is Jesus. He's a gift. He's available to whosoever wants Him. It's not automatic. You have to respond to this gift. You've got to receive the gift. You've got to believe the gift. And you've got to operate in that gift. It's yours. Right? But this amazing Jesus, so the same God who ran after you, is the same God that put and absolutely killed His Son for you and me. Think about it. And I want to read to you Psalm 22. Because this is Jesus' words on the cross. Before He died... This is what he quoted. This is what he said. It wasn't he was hanging on the cross and go, now's a great time to quote Psalm 22. No, the psalmist saw this in advance. Thousands of years before it happened, the psalmist saw this event and went, oh man, this is, what, this is what's going to happen to God's servant to restore man back to him. <clears throat> and I'm going to, oh, you know what, I'll, be, I'll read it to you from up here. He says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Now, just quick time out for a sec. If you were a soldier or if you were somebody at that time at the cross when Jesus hung there, you would have heard him say all this. He, he just said this word for word. He continued on verse 3. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you. And you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You, gave, you have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far away from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fear bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Now what is that? Those are the demonic forces. They are clawing at him to get him out of that body. They want him. It says, like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of wild dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and they throw dice for my clothing. O Lord, do not stay far away for you are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare my precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaw and from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear Him. Honor Him, all you descendants of Israel. Show Him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For He has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. 
He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise Him. Their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to Him. All the families of the nations will bow down before Him. For royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before Him all who are mortal. All whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve Him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. That's you and I. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything that He has done. And I want to just read to you the very last verse in this from the Passion. Verse 30, he says, His spiritual seed shall serve Him. Future generations will hear from us about the wonders of our God. His generation yet to be born will glorify Him, and we will all declare, it is finished. Who are you and I? We are those that declare, it is finished. What is finished? No longer trying to work to please God. No longer trying to be a good enough person to have access to God. That is completely done away with. The only way now to the Father is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is a finished work that you and I, how do we get into it? We just believe it in our heart and we speak it with our mouth and the Bible says you're saved. Jesus absolutely destroyed the enemy that we had against us. You have an enemy. Whether you realize it or not, those that have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a devil out there and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy from you. That's his will for you, is that your life be totally wrecked. That's what he's interested in. He wants to steal from you, he wants to kill you, and eventually wants to destroy you. That's, that's his whole agenda. That's the whole thing right there. But the verse doesn't stop there. This is John 10.10. 10. Jesus went on to say, but I have come. Man. We're all in the same boat. I have come that you may have and enjoy an abundant life. What is an abundant life? It's life with Him. Everything that He has, I now have access to because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Romans 8 again, verse 32. He who did not withhold His own Son, but freely gave Him up for us all, will He not with Him freely and graciously give us all things? There is a God. He gave you Jesus. He'll give you anything. Man, think about that for a sec. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Man, He's so good. And He wants to meet you right where you're at. Right where you're sitting. Right where you're doing this afternoon. He wants to meet you right where you're at because this love is beyond anything that you could possibly imagine in your own thinking. And I want to go ahead and just go ahead and you can show that clip there, guys.